What up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well. I love this new microphone. It's freaking awesome. Everything is awesome with a capital A. I don't know why I said that. I just feel like saying that. But welcome to the show. Before the show, you know, because this is the intro. But I want to say here is I love you guys. I still can't believe we're in triple digits. Unfortunately, Danny Wimmer is up to their old tricks and dropping bands like flies left and right. Like, I have a question for you guys. You think that's on the promoter or you think that's the band? You think they're promising the band something that they're not... Then they're going back to the table and be like, yo, man, it's really going to be this much for your guys' appearance. And the bands give them the finger and tell them, all right, well, we're just going to go do our own shows if you're going to be like that. Because Danny Wimmer's the only promoter that has this happen to them since COVID. Because Blue Ridge Festival keeps everybody intact. And what's even more is some of the bands that get dropped off are still playing other Danny Wimmer shows. So I don't understand. Like, what is it? Like, at this point, is it the promoter or the artist? It upsets me because I was supposed to go to Aftershock last year. And one of the main reasons I didn't end up going and I couldn't sell the tickets was because a lot of the bands I wanted to see ended up dropping out. Among other things, that was one of the main reasons. But yeah, I don't know. Like, Danny Wimmer would have to do a lot of work to get me to go to one of their shows. Especially because the closest one is Aftershock and I live about seven hours from there. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch in the Mouth, official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace, guys. The YouTube videos are going to come very soon. I'm looking into Squarespace right now. I'm looking into getting some quotes for some articles from musicians and fighters. It's not easy, especially when you're not known. If you're known, it's easy, but it's not easy if you're not known. But that's why you guys need to help me pump these shows up so people will watch them and listen to them. And we'll get there, guys. We shall get there. But peace, guys. Again, that's Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace. everybody i hope everybody's doing well i got a new microphone so hopefully this works out a little bit better if not we'll figure it out like see i have to adjust it a little bit here and there but we will figure all of this out and keep this thing going you know we will keep it going but episode 101 i cannot believe it can you guys believe it because i can't it's crazy to me that it's still going on this long. But let's get into it, man. A lot of crazy stuff has happened since we last talked. Let's get into it. We're going to go over the Kansas City. We're going to go over the Kansas City card right now. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
We're going to go over the PFL card. We're going to go over the Bellator card. It's all happening. The Bellator card is because it's more than one. It's two Bellator cards. We're going to go over the UFC card. So, Max Holloway defeats Arnold Allen. Unanimous decision, 49-46, 49-46, 48-47. Edson Barboza sends Billy Quantantello to the Shadow Realm with the knee. Amaza Mugzakinov defeats Dustin Jacoby. Jan Kutislava defeats Tanner Bozer. Rafa Garcia defeats Clay Guida. And, and then Brandon Royval defeated Mateo Nikolai. And one thing I want to say about Zach Cummings versus Ed Herman, they both retired on double retirement. I've never seen that before in my life, but good on them. Congratulations to them. Can't wait to see what they do next. But Brandon Royval, now I want to say something because this has bothered me that Ariel, ha and I understand why he's saying it, but this has been bothering me. He doesn't want, like, he doesn't like the fact that they're glorifying the the backup fight, like, for the championship, the backup fighter position. But if they play their cards right, they can make that into something. Like, the fact that um, Sergei Pavlovich and Anthony Smith, for one, Anthony Smith didn't make weight. Like, that's already against him. And then Sergei Pavlovich, honestly, a lot of people just don't know how good he is. Like, he's not a household name. But when you get somebody like Colby Covington, that that guy, he invokes emotion, whether it's you want to see him succeed, whether you want to see him get knocked down on his face and out cold and gasping for air, like, <sighs> whether it's that, it doesn't matter. The point is that dude invokes emotion, okay? Like, this is my point here. Like, Sergey Pavlovich and Anthony Smith, I understand where he's like, we shouldn't be glorifying it, but why not? Why not? If fighters are smart about it, look at what Gilbert Burns did. Although now he's willing to fight Bilal Muhammad on the May 6th card because Charles Oliveira had to pull out due to injury. He said at the post-fight press conference, you either put me as the backup fighter, and then after that, I get a title, or I get a title shot after that, or... I'm not fighting anybody else. Like, he was putting himself in a position where, like, I'm going to force you guys to do this. Sergei Pavlovich and Anthony Smith, For I just feel Anthony Smith isn't in a position to do that because, let's look at Anthony Smith's last few wins. And then I'm going to compare it to the rankings. He beat Devin Clark, Jimmy Crude, and Ryan Spann, and then lost to Magomed Akilaev. And I believe now he's going to face Johnny Walker. So now let me see. Anthony Smith is currently number five. Above him is Alexander Rakic who beat him. I don't think him and Jan have ever fought. Magomed beat him and then Yuri Prohaska and then Jamal Hill. And he's going to fight Johnny Walker who's number seven. Okay. His last win, Ryan Spann, is number ten. Damn, my boy Dominic Ray is all the way at twelve. Yikes. Um, whereas Johnny Walker's last fight, I believe, was Paul Craig, and he beat him, and Paul Craig's number nine. So now those guys are going to fight each other. So this narrative of the backup fighter is in a prestige position, I could not disagree more with Ariel. I think it's a great position because it puts eyeballs on this fighter. Like, you don't think people who didn't know Anthony or Sergey Pavlovich were, you don't think it's going to bring eyeballs to their next fight? 
And if the UFC feels like they were right to put them in that position and they look good in their next fight, you don't think they're at most one? Maybe they go into the title shot next? Do you guys not? I understand, like, people are saying, why are they glorifying this position? But think about it, man. Think about it. So Max Holloway, let's talk about Max real fast. Look at what Alex had to say. Alexander Volkanovsky believes Max Holloway is in a tricky situation following win over Arnold Allen at UFC Kansas City. Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, it was just last Saturday at UFC Kansas City, Max Holloway defeated Arnold Allen in the featherweight main event. It was a unanimous decision win for Blessed, which put him back in the win column. It really did. Coming into the event, Almighty was on a 12-fight winning streak and Holloway was coming off his most recent loss. Alexander Volkanovsky in July of last year at UFC 276. The 31-year-old Holloway has suffered a total of three losses to the featherweight champion. Volkanovsky speaking with the Mac Life shared his thoughts on Holloway's situation. I just said to him, get out of my division and stop beating up contenders. You know what I mean? I'm saying stuff like that to him again. A lot of people are going to sit there and before last night, oh, you know, he's falling off and all this type of stuff. I'm like, nah, it's not that, trust me. You wait till he fights again. You're going to forget about that next time. And he proved it Saturday. He looked great. A fourth fight with Holloway the Great As for a fourth fight with Holloway the Great said, Max is a cool dude as well as a great fighter. But just whether you're going to go there like I, like I do I see. Like do I see how it could happen, right? It's hard enough to do a trilogy when you're up too. A lot of people were like, what are you doing? Why? At least there's a, a bit of a history and things like that. We're now on the third one. Obviously, it doesn't make sense. So it's tricky. It's a tricky situation for Max. That's for sure. I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. And especially what was helping Max in the second fight is a lot of people, including myself, thought Max won. And then for whatever reason, they gave it to Alex. But then Alex came in there and blew him out the water. Okay. He blew him out the water with that third fight. Alright? So don't come at me with these things. Like, I agree with it. Like, it's hard for me to sell you a fourth fight. Now, if one interesting thing is Max said that he would like to fight Korean Zombie. I don't know if he's... Because here's another thing you have to think about. Yair Rodriguez and Volk are going to fight on July 8th. But if Yair Rodriguez beats Volkanovski, the, the immediate thing you're going to go to is, well, Volk gets a, another title. Yeah, he does. He gets another title shot. But what if Yair somehow does it in a spectacular fashion that he forces the UFC hand to go to Mexico and he does it in Mexico again? Max has a win over Yair. So there's still life for Max at Featherweight, but certain things need to happen. Certain things need to happen. Let me see what else. It's in Barboza, man. That was a crazy, crazy knockout. I was kind of nervous. Oh, so remember how we bombed at UFC 286? We didn't bomb at Kansas. We went 5-1. and one. Well, technically, if I would have done the graphic with all the fights I said on the podcast last week, I would have went 6-1, and one, but I only did the main card. So we're only looking at the main card because I had Rafa Garcia. I had Chris Gutierrez. Oh, no. Then I went, I went five and two. I'm sorry, because I had, wait, no, I went three and two. Because it's one, two, three, four, five, six. I went four and two, sorry, four and two. 
because I had Max Holloway who won. I had Edson who won. I had Amaz Matt who won. I had Tanner Bowser who Ian Kutislava um, ran over. Pedro Munoz beat Chris Gutierrez. And then I had Rafa Garcia beating Clay Guida. What is that on a calculator? Let's go see. Dude, I had a 66% win rate. No, that's horrible, bro. That's horrible. I need to do better. Well, it doesn't, because that would have been some, for whatever reason, I I forgot Tanner Bowser if he lost to Young Kutislava. Because going into this, I thought my only loss was Chris Gutierrez because I picked Chris Gutierrez over Pedro Munoz. But that's horrible, man. I can't believe that. Like, now I'm sad. Like, why, why am I talking all this smack? And then the reality of what happened just hit me right now. Gosh darn it, this is lame. This is so lame. But it is what it is, man. We're going to try and be doing better. Dude, I, I told myself if I bomb last weekend, I'm going to stop doing the PITM bets because I was ridiculed for the UFC 286 bets that I was feeling a little self-conscious. I'll put it that way. Let's, let's, I want to read because the reason I brought up the backup fighter is this look Dana White expects Israel Adesanya to fight soon real opponent sob for Alex Pereira at light heavyweight so before I get into this people were already calling for Alex to um just go straight into a title shot against Jamal Hill but let's read this article Dana White has plans for Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira plans that don't include an immediate third UFC meeting between the two a week removed from Adesanya knocking Alex Pereira out at UFC 288 to reclaim the middleweight title. Why was asked at the UFC Kansas City post-fight press conference if the promotion has anything in mind for Adesanya's next fight. The popular Adesanya earned a long-awaited victory over Pereira after three losses to Potan, Potan, cross MMA and kickboxing. And there has been talks of the two facing off one more time in the cage. Pereira himself shot down, shot, shot that down earlier this week. When he announced that he is moving up to light heavyweight, so why is now making it a priority to find Pereira an opponent in that division? You put him in title contention and then he has to go beat someone to even be considered in title contention, White said. He got moved to 205 and be a real guy. So, oh no, I'm sorry. He's got to move to 205 and be a real guy. So that's what we're looking at right now. Getting a real guy. So let's look at it. Who's a real guy in the UFC rankings? You got Yiri. E, there's three front runners right now. Their names are Alexander Rakage, Jan Blakovitz, Magomed Akilaev. Because I know Dana White is not happy with Magomed Akilaev right now. I can tell you that much. He is not happy with him. Because of the comments that were translated in his post-fight interview with Joe Rogan he said that if something wasn't fixed with the judging he would leave the UFC I think Peter's on that same boat low key low key low key low key okay low key low key low key low key not low key from Marvel but on on the DL you know right okay good I'm glad we understand each other but yeah he wasn't happy so on the DL um, what else can I say about this? So, 
I believe the real guy, as Dana White puts it, will be Magomed Akilayev. If not, there's options. There's options. I just said them to you. I'll say them to you again. Alexander Rakic, who right now sits at number four. Jan Blakowicz, that sits at number three. And then Magomed Akilayev. That's the front runner. Because Yuri, you better give him a title shot. Okay? Because if it's not Yuri, you're going to give it to him. You're going to give it to Magomed Akilayev. Because he deserves that. Don't give me the, the, well, he underperformed in the Jan fight. No, he did not. Jan's just good. The leg kicks were messing with Magomed's head, bro. Like, he couldn't even stand at one point. Can you believe that? He couldn't stand. Sorry if I was far away because I was looking at something. So, don't come at me with that, okay? But it is sh- it should be Yuri versus Jamal at some point. I should reach out to Yuri's man. I'm going to reach out to his manager. Hopefully, I'll have an answer to you guys by the next podcast. I mean, but there's also Nikita Krilov. He could fight Nikita Krilov. I'm taking out Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker because they're supposed to fight each other. Even though Johnny Walker has says that he'll fight Alex. And then for every Israel, dude, just give Drickis a shot. Because if you're, who are you going to give a shot? He already beat Alex. Alex isn't even in the division. We just talked about Alex. Why do you have him at number one? Robert, I don't know. Marvin, he already beat twice. Jerry Cannonier, he already beat. He beat the brakes off of Paulo Costa. Just give it to Drickus Duplices. Why not? Especially with the amount of smack these guys are talking to each other. Like... For those who don't know, I'm going to go find Let's see what happens when I type Drickus's name. Well, now, apparently, Kelvin Gastelum is trying to fight Drickus Duplices. Let's see. Kelvin Gastelum has called out Drickus Duplices for a middleweight title eliminator fight this summer at UFC 290. Following a poor 1-5 run, Kevin Gastelum is back to his winning ways earlier this month. He did so by defeating Chris Curtis in a absolute war. Although some felt as if Curtis should have been the one to get the nod. Either way, Kelvin is back in the win column and all he could do is all he could have all he could have that's all he could have asked for. Kelvin is back in the win column and that's all he could have asked for. Since then many have wondered what his next move will be for him at 185. He's still young, but he has some trouble against other fighters within the top ten in recent years. While it may seem like a lofty ambition, Gastelum recently Put forward a challenge to none other than Drickus Duplices. Title Eliminator versus Drickus Duplices on July 8th. What do you say, Drickus? And then we got a response. He, a spoiler alert, he said no. Denied. Kevin Gaston tried to steal Drickus Duplices' title shot. Promptly stiffed armed by, by Stingy Stillocks? What? That makes no sense. Kevin Gaston, according to his Twitter handle, is on a mission for gold. The mission was nearly accomplished when the former Ultimate Fighter champion took on Israel Adesanya to the limit in their fight of the night war at UFC 236 back in early 2019. However, Gaslam came up short on the judges' scorecards and struggled to stay consistent in recent years and the years that followed. Post-style banner, the ex-Welterweight champion is just 2-4. Gaslam 31 is hoping his recent performance and victory opposite middleweight Chris Curtis is enough to get him back into the title hunt. Unlikely, since the number 6 ranked Drickus Duplisi seems to be on deck after winning 7 straight, unless Gastelum can talk his way into a still lock, still knocks title eliminator. Also unlikely based on this exchange. 
And then there's the tweet. And then this is this is Drickus's this is Drickus's reply. Bro, much respect to you and all you've achieved and well done on a spectacular performance. But two and five in the last seven doesn't really make sense for me. And also you screw you screwed me out of a fight last time, so no thanks. Let's talk again after a few more wins. Always been a fan of your fights. Dang, he said no. Let's talk about wanting to fight for the title. You've got one more win to be able to get that. You best me, and your next one after is for the title. Guaranteed. I didn't screw you. I got injured, and you know this. If you're serious about fighting for the title, sign. This is his. This is Drickus's reply. Okay, well, if you're serious about your UFC career, try and get an easier fight. And then, I, this is Calvin's reply. I've been here for 10 years. No worries on my end. All, all the best to you in your career. And then he just goes, appreciate that, brother. Best of luck to you, too. Rooting for you. And Brandon Allen says, everyone wants that easy number six spot. And then Drickus replies, I did it. I did in my last five fights where you couldn't do in 11. You keep your attention on those gatekeeper duties, and I'll handle the big boys. And Adesanya wants to fight him, but Adesanya wants him to fight, quote-unquote, stiffer competition. Like, if Adesanya gets his way, this is what I would do. Where is it? Okay, Drickus. I would either, either have him fight Jared Cannonier or Marvin Vittori. If he beats one of those guys, let him fight Israel after that. But I do understand where Drickus is coming from because it's not like it's not fair to him. He's been winning all his fights, and Calvin was struck was struggling, right? Sorry about that. Calvin was struggling, so we'll see what happens. If you guys didn't hear that, if you heard that, I do apologize. You probably did hear it, but it's cool. Yeah, so Calvin was struggling in his last fights, and Drickus is over here demolishing guys left and right, so. I do understand where he's coming from, dude. I get it. And Kelvin's just trying to keep his name out there so people don't forget. I get that too, man. I really do. But yeah, if, if I'm Drickus and I'm not getting the title shot next because Israel says he wants to fight him. But then again, let me go back to this article. Where is it? Did I get rid of it? I probably got rid of it. Oh, no. Like the article goes on to say, as for Adesanya, White is excited at the prospect of Adesanya fighting soon and said that the last style bender is already champing, chomping, it says ch- champing, but it should say chomping, at the bid to return to action. I said this before and I'll say it again at the last press conference in Miami. This guy was already blowing up Hunter and the boys up. When's my next fight? When's my next fight? I want to fight again. I want to fight again, White said. I love that about Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya wants to fight nonstop, constantly, and he wants to fight everybody. We're working on that. He'll fight again soon before the end of the summer. Okay. So that means August at the latest, right? So UFC 291. So let's say they put Drickus and Marvin on the card. Who would you have him fight? Like, that's the question, right? Because it's not going to be Paulo. Uh, unless you want to do the rematch between Marvin Vittori, because the they, like that card, I feel that card is gonna be so stacked that those guys are gonna be in the prelims. But that's what they always do for that summer card. The the card is so good, like the 
the prelim feels like a, a fight night main card, if that makes any sense. So I don't know what they would do in that sense. Like, if they want that schedule, like, do you even book a middleweight fight of that caliber for that July card? Or do you just have everybody sit out and be ready and have somebody be the backup fighter? Uh, it's much to Ariel's dismay. I am one. I'm a fan of it. I know Ariel doesn't like it, but I'm a fan. All right. Like, it's a good thing, in my opinion. But let's move on. So, Charles Oliveira has pulled out of the Benil Dariush fight for May 6th. And the, that card at this point is struggling, bro. Like, let's let's look at it. I mean, they still have the return of Henry. And the problem is not a lot of people like Henry. I love Henry. But not a lot of people like him. You got Aljo versus Henry in the main event. Dude, do they still have Henry with the bell as part of his picture? That's lame. That's lame. Don't do that to Aljo. Don't do that to Aljo. The co-main, you have Jessica Andrade versus Jan Shainan at strawweight. And then you have Drew Dober versus Matt Frevola. I don't know why this car, this fight isn't high on the card. You have Mosar Ivanov versus Bryce Mitchell. That's going to be a crazy fight. You have the return of Kron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. This is all main card. And then this this got canceled. I guess because Bryce Mitchell was supposed to fight Jonathan Pierce. And then so right now they have a one, two, three, four. They have a five five main card. This card is struggling, bro. And they're trying to get Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns to happen. But I don't think it's going to happen because I'm hearing that Bilal wanted it to be a catch weight. And Gilbert said no, that he wanted at 170. I mean, he's sticking to his guns. I'm like, you're either going to give me what I want or I'm going to be the backup fighter for the rumored July 22nd card, which is going to be Colby and Leon, or I'll do this fight, but you guys have to meet my requirements. Like, I can respect it because he's sticking to his guns. Now, as far as Benil Dariush and Charles Oliveira go, this is Charles Oliveira explains decision to withdraw. From UFC 288 fight with Benil. Carlos Oliveira was scheduled to face Benil Dariush in a potential number one contender bout at UFC 288, but an undisclosed injury forced him off the May 6th card. Dariush mentioned that the fight could be moved to UFC 289 on June 10th, but Dubronx has yet to return to training. Oliveira broke his silence on the situation Monday afternoon through his Instagram stories revealing the decision was made after realizing he wasn't able to train properly for the New Jersey card. I wasn't able to train. I got injured during wrestling practice, Oliveira said in Portuguese. I tried to train. I tried to do everything I could do, but we couldn't, so we pulled out of the fight. Fighting at UFC 288 would have been great because I would be fighting on the same night as two of my teammates. But God knows all things. We'll continue working and stay focused. His teammates are Daniel Santos and Ronaldo Bedoya. Bedoya? Bedoya. The former UFC lightweight champion had... His long winning streak snapped by Islam Mahashev this past October in Abu Dhabi and was hoping a win over Darius would set up a rematch later this year. Oliver did not re reveal a timetable for his return to training, nor if UFC 289 is a viable option. I have to stay away from training for a few days so I can go back to training soon, and then we'll reschedule the fight, Oliver said. I'll be back training pretty soon. That's it. I had a small injury and decided to pull out. So I wouldn't fight injured. We made that mistake once and I didn't want to do it again. We're taking one step back so we can take 
two, three steps forward soon. Again, when you reach, this is what I don't like about fans, because when you reach a certain level, certain guys know, like, hey, I don't need to take this risk. Like, it could have, I could lose a lot more than what I can gain. And that's okay. And then you have guys like Israel be like, I want to fight everybody. Like, that's cool too, bro. I'm not going to knock you for putting yourself first in a very physically demanding situation where you can risk brain damage and you want to be your best self because the only ones that suffer down the line are them. Because once they're gone from the UFC, their records stay with them. We don't see them anymore, but their records stay with them, you know. And then they're the ones that have to stay up at night and be like, man, if only I didn't take that fight, you know. So we shall see. We shall see. Bellator coming back this Friday and Saturday. They're doing their annual Hawaii events where they do two nights back to back. On Friday, you got Liz Carmouche versus Deanna Bennett. Wasn't she originally supposed to fight? Who did she beat? She was originally supposed to fight? Oh, she did fight her. I didn't see this fight. So remember the first time she fought Juliana Vasquez? She had her in the crucifix position, but the punches didn't look like they were hurting. But the ref stopped it anyway. And then she fought her again. So it was April to December where they both fought again. And she beat her by armbar. How old is Juliana? She's only 30, man. Oh, no, she's 36. I don't have my glasses. I'm sorry. I'm like, wait, but I'm 30. And I was born in 93. And this chick was born in 86. She's 36. Okay, so they did fight. So now she's going to fight Deanna Bennett. I thought she was supposed to fight Juliana Vasquez on this card. Shows you what I know. Oh, look, Bellator 294 was dedicated for military and first responder, meaning that there would be no tickets on sale to the general public. Damn, so you're only going to see Army Vets. But then they're coming back the next night with Rafian Stantz versus Patchy Minks, Elimelay McFarlane versus Kana Wannabe, Aaron Pico versus James Gonzalez, Koji Haraguchi versus Ray Borg. Oh my god, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's this weekend. And then you got Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia this weekend. This is on Saturday? It is. At what time? Because I don't think that's good that they did that. But it's on Showtime. So, okay, hold on. Now I want to see. Because if it's cause tomorrow's the 19th, then... Oh, so this is Thursday and Friday. Right? Because tomorrow's the 19th. Wait, tomorrow's already Wednesday. No, it is Saturday. Then I am right. Right? Let me look up on Tank Davis. Yeah, there it is. So, does that mean the... Let me see. Uh, we'll find out Wednesday, but damn, there's a lot of stuff going on Saturday. Afian Stones versus Patchy Meigs, Lee McFarlane versus... Oh, well, we already went over that. I like Rafian in this situation, even though Patchy Meigs, he's known as the, the human backpack. Lee McFarlane, uh, we'll just see what happens with her. Like, ever since she lost the belt, she's been on the ups and the downs. Kana Wannabe, she's no slouch. Aaron Pico, he's coming back after that shoulder injury versus James Gonzalez. My boy Kyoji Haraguchi, Yancy Madero's is going to be on the prelims. But don't miss this fight. Now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to have the UFC fights, this fight, and the Ryan Garcia fight all going on at the same time. We're going to talk about that fight on Wednesday. We'll give the bets out for this fight. I'll only do the main card for both the UFC and 
this card. I won't do any for the Friday one because the only fight that interests me there is Liz Carmouche. So let's look at the PFL results. Tan Shuttle defeats Stevie Ray. Over Mercier defeats Shane Burgos. Clay Collar defeats Yamato Shikawa. Dennis Goldstoff defeats Cesar Fiera. Carlos Leal defeats David Zawada. Magomed Umatilov defeats Diliano Taylor. Sabadusai defeats Jara Al Silawi. Magomed Magomed Kirmanov defeats Ben Igli. Rush Menafield defeats Alexander Martinez. Nabi Nayib Lopez defeats Shane Mitchell. Bruno Miranda defeats Amher Amir. Zach Jusilova defeats Brendan Jenkins. The Zach Jusilova guy defeats Brendan Jenkins? Like, dude, I understand if you're in the tournament, you don't want elbows, but if it's a showcase fight, why not have elbows? Unless what it is, unless this is what it is. They use these showcase fights to have alternates, like welterweight. Like, let's say they liked this guy Zach so much because he won. Let's say Magomed Umatov gets injured and he can't fight you as Zach to come in. That's the only way I could see that happening. But if you're not gonna do that and you already have set um, you already have set um alternates why why not let these guys throw elbows like that's horrible to me bro that's horrible to me but that was a good fight it was a good fight and then i switched to coachella to watch benito bro i needed to see what the hype was about bad bonnie you know and i had to see my boys blink 182 i know i kind of went off topic with mma but come on bro i had to see my boys in blink i saw the gorilla set i didn't really like it but but, you know, I had to see the hype of Bad Bunny. And, bro, the hype is real. The guy's talented. I can't understand anything he's saying, but the guy's really talented. Although, I did feel bad for Post Malone that his guitar didn't work. And my girl was making fun of him. Like I said, nada más está ahí para estar ahí. Todo borracho, todo pillado. Pillado means high. And she's like, what the fuck, bro? Because my grandma, she only speaks Spanish. My grandma's freaking awesome. But, yeah, she was all. She was all mad because I was sitting there thinking, oh, well, what if he brings out Romeo Santos from the Bachata Group Aventura? That's what I was sitting there thinking. And my grandma loves that guy. So I'm like, oh, if he comes out, I'll go get my grandma so we can watch it. But that didn't happen. She, they brought out Post Malone and my grandma was livid. But yeah, that's why I didn't watch his post limbs. UFC Vegas this weekend. Pavlovich versus Curtis Chris Kurt, I was gonna say Chris Curtis Blades. Sergey Pavlovich will take on Curtis Blades. Brad Tavares will take on Bruno Silva. Bobby Green, which is supposedly gonna be his retirement fight, will take on Jared Gordon. Yeah, that's about the only good fight. Oh, there's be a warrior Priscilla Cachiria versus Kyrene Silva. Oh, Borisita, be a warrior. Oh, Kamar Usman's brother's gonna fight. Mohamed Usman will take on Junior Tafa. Dude, that's a hard fight. I might watch that fight. Carol Rose will take on Norma Dumont. Why didn't they put Mohamed Usman and Junior Tafa in the main card? I would watch that over these other two. I shouldn't say that. Never mind, I take that back. But I like Sergey Pavlovich's chances in this. How old is this guy? 
He's only 30. He's gonna be 31 in May very soon. But this guy is the real deal, man. If this guy takes out Curtis Blades, where would he be? Dang, he's only below Cyril Gunn and Stipe Miocic. There's a reason he was the backup, bro. There was a reason he was the backup. So if he takes this guy out, you give him Cyril in France if they're going to do another France card. If he takes out Cyril, he gets the next title shot. He's going to have to do some work because nobody knows who he is, unfortunately. Like, that's the unfortunate thing here. Nobody knows who this guy is, so they're going to want him to do some work, you know. They're going to want him to do some work so people can get invested in him. I'm already invested, you know. I am because that's just the way I work. Like, I'm already invested when I, when I saw him take out. It, it was him, right? Or was it another dude that took out Derek Lewis? No, this guy took it. Well, he, he also took out Derek Lewis, but. This guy took out Taito Ibasa in his last fight? That's crazy. I don't think it was Pavlovich that was the backup fighter. I think it was Sergei Spivak. But either way, both those guys are nuts. I like both of them. But that's all I got for you guys. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Um, the green screen is up. The microphone is up. I'm just waiting on one more thing, which is the monitor, because I want to see if I could do something. And that's it. I love this new microphone. It's still a work in progress. So if you guys hear my voice cut in and out, it's because of that. But this thing is freaking awesome, bro. It's freaking awesome. Awesome. Everything is awesome. But that's all I got for you guys. Peace.